0: Hello, friends, and welcome to the very first episode of Blame It on Buffett.
1: Well, I sailed from Lauderdale down to Key Largo, crossed the Gulf on a fast sloop and I sailed the Abacos. As a kid, I read Tiki, and now i There's just so many places on my list to see. I'm going crazy
0: just trying to choose uh, That's Friends with a PH because this podcast is about Jimmy Buffett and all things trop Rock. You might be wondering, who is this person that's making this podcast about Jimmy Buffett? Why am I listening to a podcast about Jimmy Buffett? Um, the answer to the first question is, uh, my name is Aaliyah, and I have loved Jimmy Buffett since I was born, basically, so... Um, what better to talk about than something that I have always enjoyed my whole life and um, know quite a bit about, if I do say so myself? And the answer to the second question is, I, if you don't like Jimmy Buffett, then I'm not sure why you're listening to this podcast, but you should find someone that likes Jimmy Buffett. Maybe, you know, your uncle or your brother or a long lost friend, or maybe you're just walking down the street and see someone wearing a tropical shirt. And tell them to listen to Blame It On Buffett because uh, it will be my pleasure to talk about Jimmy Buffett and Trap Rock for anyone who wants to listen. Um, And if you're not into Jimmy Buffett but are interested in maybe some things about him or interested in learning about some new um, different people who play Trap Rock, it's a much bigger genre than just Jimmy Buffett, then this might be a good place to start. Uh, for example, on today's episode, uh, we are going to have an interview with Kelly McGuire, who uh, is my friend and also one of my fave trap rock artists, so <clears throat> that'll be coming a little bit later, but first, I just wanted to take a minute to talk about a little more about my background and why I want to put this podcast out into the world Um I have been listening to Jimmy Buffett since I can remember. My parents were really into Jimmy Buffett, so they would always put Jimmy Buffett music on in our house. I remember dancing around the living room um, to Jimmy Buffett and many other artists as well, but uh, since then, my love has only grown. I didn't go through a phase where I thought, oh, that's just the music my parents listen to, so it's not cool anymore. <laughs> I really stuck with Jimmy Buffett, and um, it has carried me into my adult life when I joined up with the Parrot Head Club when I moved to Tucson in 2010. I had never been in the club before because in Oregon, where I lived before, um, Portland, I believe, was the closest chapter, and it was just too far away to be to make sense for me to be in the club um, you know, I wouldn't have really go- been able to go to events or anything. So I was never actually in the club, but I always knew about it. Um, I always wanted to be in it. Obviously I went to concerts and everything, but the club is like a whole extra different special thing. So when I moved down to Tucson, I looked it up to see like if there was a chapter here and I discovered that there was. So I decided to join up. It was actually a pretty big, um, Growth moment for me because I'm not the best at going out, meeting people, talking to people I don't know. So, for me to go to the very first club happy hour that I went to all by myself, I didn't know anybody. Um, I just showed up, and it was probably one of the best things I could have done uh, push myself outside my comfort zone in that way because the Parahead Club really were like the first group of friends that I had when I moved to Tucson and I didn't really know anyone else, so I I didn't have sort of like a friend group coming into the situation, but the Parrot Head Club really became my friends and kind of my family. A lot of um them sort of took care of me, you know, in a way, uh, taking me to events with them and uh making sure that I, you know, have rides to stuff and um because it's just me by my lonesome in the club and so it was really, really nice for me to be able to experience that. And I learned doing that, I learned that the club, you know, I just wanted to join because I love Jimmy Buffett. Um, and that's what the club is about, ostensibly. But actually, what I learned was that the club is really about, you know, helping people. It's a nonprofit with chapters all over the country. Um, and Yes, we like Jimmy Buffett, that's kind of the thing that, you know, everybody sort of rallies around, but a big part of the club doesn't really have anything to do with Jimmy Buffett except that while we try to, you know, volunteer and raise money for charity, we sort of do it under a tropical, you know, under a palm tree, if you will. Uh, we like to listen to music and we like to, yeah, maybe have some cocktails, Um but really it's about, you know, coming together, meeting new people, helping people. And that was something that I hadn't really realized before I was in the club and was really, it really became like an important part of it. And it's exciting to be able to bond with other people over something you love, but then also use that as an opportunity to give back. So um, after I joined the club, one of The like I went to happy hours, which were a regular event, and um, but then my one of my favorite experiences is I learned that the club does these house concerts, which was kind of a new thing to me as well. I had never really seen music performed in that sort of context in that kind of venue, just the musician comes to your house. They play. You hang out with them. You can ask them questions. Talk to them. It's like a really chill, um, fun way to listen to live music. And I and I didn't really know that that was a thing until, until I went to my first house concert, um, with the Parrot Head Club and. Uh, I can't remember if it was my very first one, but uh, one of my really, really early house concerts, the one that I remember the most was um, Jim Hain came to play at Russ and Tamara Altoff's house. And he was one of, like I said, maybe the first, if not one of the very first house concerts that I ever went to. And I just remember I was so nervous, you know, to meet him, really just meeting anyone new, but, you know, to meet the person that's like the musician, you know, and, and he was just the loveliest, kindest, warmest man, and just so friendly and really made me feel at ease when I was talking to him. And, and it just made me realize that, you know, the, the musicians are part of this community too and in a way that I have never experienced in other situations. Um I mean, you might be in a situation where you're at a smallish concert and maybe you get to talk to the band or, you know, maybe you get to ask them a question or something, but to have the kind of sort of all hang out together, bond, listen to live music in that close of a setting and then also just it's like your friends, you know, like all the trap rock us- musicians that I've met over the course of um the last 10 years, I guess, since I joined the parent club, you know, so many of them have been become what I would consider my friends. I maybe only see them, you know, once a year or a couple times a year, but um, they're just all such nice people. And I really enjoy hanging out with them in addition to listening to their music. So, so that's kind of a, uh, how I got into it. And, uh, I really wanted to start this podcast because it's just something that I really love and something that I want to put out there. There are other podcasts about, there's, you know, a parrot head podcast uh, about Jimmy Buffett, um, which, you know, I wanted to hate because they're my quote unquote competition kind of, but actually they're just delightful. The two guys that do that. Um, And so there's, you know, there's a couple fan podcasts out there. There's a lot of sort of um, radio stations, um, online outlets that do create podcast content that's kind of like interview content and that kind of thing. Um, But really for what is, has a, a pretty decent following and in today's world, you can't really swing a stick without hitting 80 podcasts about a subject like if you look at if you look up any subject that you're interested in there's bound to be you know 20 to 30 podcasts out there that you could pick from and and even with the great content um that I found when I was you know that I had heard and then that I found when I was doing some research uh before I started this podcast I they're they're surprisingly little like there are good ones out there but but there's not a lot of different ones and so i thought you know maybe there's a place for for one more voice in this arena i'm not i'm not you know anyone specific i just really love jimmy buffett and i really love trap rock and so i figured i might as well talk about it cuz i love it and also it's a fun way to sort of Talk to the people I know in the community, have the conversations I would be having anyway, um, but record it and put it out there so other people can listen to it. That like maybe you maybe your club doesn't get as many house concerts, or maybe you like, you know, back in the day when I lived in Oregon, maybe you're too far away to actually be in a club and and you only get to go to, you know, one regional event every now and then or something. Um, hopefully this podcast can bring a little bit of what kinds of experiences I have and uh, other people have to you and um, help you to have those experiences as well Uh, so yeah I hope that you will enjoy this podcast Um, if you do please tell people about it Um, it's not it's not a huge community the parahead community but you know it's pretty it's pretty close-knit and uh, a lot of everybody kind of knows everybody in some ways. So um, I'm hoping that we can all share this together. And I'm happy to hear feedback. I'm happy to, if people want to be on, do interviews, that kind of thing. I really want to talk about everything. Um, And and another thing is that I was kind of excited to do this is there's sort of podcasts about Jimmy Buffett. And there's podcasts that sort of focus on trap rock artists, specifically that kind of thing. But Um, I didn't really come across any that are sort of a broader, all-encompassing, so includes Jimmy Buffett stuff specifically and Parrothead stuff, but also, you know, Trap Rock stuff that might not even necessarily be directly related to Jimmy Buffett or the Parrothead Club Um, because there is a lot of stuff out there now in the Trap Rock world and not all of it is, you know directly related to jimmy buffett the trop rock genre is sort of inspired by jimmy buffett but there's a lot going on out there that you know if you just just are a parrot head you might not even necessarily know about all of it um i didn't before i you know joined up with the club and started meeting new people and getting into the trop rock arena through that um so So, yeah, I just wanted to see if I could get out there and uh, bring some interesting content, do some interviews, hopefully. Um, I'm hoping to do just all sorts of fun things, uh, you know, different episodes about Jimmy Buffett himself, different episodes about other trap rock artists, all all of that, all of that. So I'm happy, uh, as this is the first episode, I'm happy to hear suggestions, ideas, feedback, um... Anything that you're thinking when you're listening to this podcast, please, please let me know. Um, the other thing I just wanted to say is, uh, I a little a little bit more about me. I did go to my Jimmy uh, my first Jimmy Buffett concert when I was in, I think I was in third grade, uh, and then I also probably. In, he actually didn't come to Portland that often uh which was the closest venue so I think I went to my first one in third grade I was so excited and the next one I was maybe in high school and then maybe there was one in college and then when I moved down here I've been to a couple in Phoenix I've been to Vegas um I've been to regional events like it's I just have so much fun going to all the events so I'm hoping to do some you know, features of when I go places besides just talking to people, but also, you know, talking about my experiences at the event. So, um, so yeah, that's just a little bit of background. Hopefully that sets up where this podcast is going to be going, what I'm going to be doing. I'm really excited for this first episode. Um, I have an interview with Kelly McGuire, who, um, I can't remember when the first time I saw Kelly was. It was also at Russ and Tamra's. Most of the house concerts I've been to were at Russ and Tamra's. Um, It was a number of years ago, probably within my first couple years of being in the club, I would think, here. And once again, it was just, you know, he just talking to him. Like, I was really nervous because, you know, meeting a new person and, um, and he's just a wonderful guy, so nice and so welcoming. And and I really, when I was trying to decide what to call the podcast, there's a lot of options. Obviously, um, I wanted something that was Jimmy Buffett related, but also could be more all-encompassing for trap rock stuff. So you know, not just Jimmy Buffett related and. I brainstormed a ton of names, and then, you know, thinking about what Jimmy Buffett song titles might make good podcast names, and and suddenly it came to me that what if it wasn't a Jimmy Buffett song, what if it was a trop rock song, but about Jimmy Buffett, so... um It just sort of, you know, you know how it is when you're laying in bed trying to go to sleep and your brain is just thinking and you can't fall asleep because your brain is just thinking, it's stuck on thinking about something. And my brain was just stuck on thinking about podcast titles. And all of a sudden, I can't remember why. I think it was just like, oh, wait, what are some songs about Jimmy Buffett, but written by Trap Rock artists? And uh, this one just popped in my head, Blame It on Buffett. And it's kind of the perfect uh, representation of what this podcast is about because it references Jimmy Buffett you know it's all about why people run away to live a certain kind of life you know it's about pursuing that escapism that lifestyle that Jimmy Buffett uh, really you know encompasses with his music and and lyrics and everything and and also it's by you know one of the my fave trap rock artists. So I (laughs) was like, okay, well, that's a, I think that's a perfect podcast title. Like I really want to tease it. Um, but you know, I didn't want to just use it without asking Kelly. So, uh, so I asked him, of course he said yes, because you know, he's lovely. And so that is kind of how that happened. So yeah, just a big thank you to him for for letting me use Blame It on Buffett as the title and uh, as the inspiration for what this podcast is about um, in a jumping off place to talk about all things Jimmy Buffett, all things Trap Rock, all things escapism. You know, just we, those of us who follow in the footsteps of Jimmy Buffett want to live life um, in a specific way. And I, and I think that's what sort of trap rock, how trap rock happened is, you know, we're fans of Jimmy Buffett, but even more so we're fans of what Jimmy Buffett represents and, and what he represents is just a really specific ideology. And it's one that I have always loved. You know, I always want to sail away in the Caribbean or, Somewhere tropical, to, you know, sit on the beach and watch the sunset, to swim in the ocean, um, you know, to do things on your own time, at your own pace. Those are just all things that I really want to pursue in my life, and I think that's pretty similar for for most people who follow Jimmy Buffett and especially um, who are related to Trap Rock Uh, We'll talk about it a little bit in the interview, but Trap Rock, you know, is pretty broad in the sense that there's kind of lots of other genres that, like, artists who kind of come from other genres fall into that, lots of different artists, so it's not just all Jimmy Buffett all the time kind of a thing, but the thing that sort of ties it all together is, you know, this sort of general idea of how we want life to be, how we want to live our life. So, um, <clears throat> so yeah, I hope you will enjoy this interview. Uh, please bear in mind that I was uh, like six dr- drinks deep at this point. It's not the best interview I've ever done. Um, and I have done other uh, interviews. I've had podcasts before this, but, um, you know, I kind of lose my train of thought a little bit. But I hope you will forgive all that and I hope you will still listen to it because, Kelly is just really great, and you you, you will want to hear what he has to say, so hopefully you'll be willing to put up with what I have to say in the interview, so um, please enjoy this. Okay, I am here with Kelly McGuire at a house concert that he has just played, and in true Trap Rock fashion, we are in the hot tub.
1: Yep, can't beat it.
0: Can't beat it. So, if you are into Trap Rock, you... Know that lots of things have to do with like the ocean, the pool. Actually, the don't know if there are there a lot of songs about being in the hot tub. I don't. Know I don't think if so, there are. Maybe there should, there should be. be more.
1: I I'd yeah. say so. I still
0: feel like being in any body of water is okay. Like yeah. that's what we that's what we're into. Yeah. yeah. Maybe every interview I conduct should be in some sort of body of water. That's I like think the that's rule. a great idea. Yeah, going forward, that's now the the new rule. So. Get ready for that. Everyone else that I have to interview in the future. never will be like, no, I don't want to be interviewed. That's fine. I'm, I'll pass. <laughs> okay. So, um, so, you have just played a house concert, and I would like to know what – this is clearly a thing you've been doing for a while, but, like, how did you get started? Like, what was your first house concert? Because this is kind of a big deal in our circle, but – How did you get going in that situation?
1: Well, when I first started doing the songwriting thing, and I decided I needed a venue that wasn't like a loud bar, because if you're telling stories, they don't make sense. The music doesn't make sense if people can't hear the lyrics. So I discovered this house concert thing from the folk world, and they had been doing it. And so I just decided to start, insisting on that's what I wanted to do was house concerts as opposed to bars and as more see as I release more CDs it seemed to make even more sense because when you're telling the story and they can hear the lyrics right. they are more apt to buy the CD and get involved in the music
0: and that's definitely a big part of house concerts is like really intimate setting getting to really hear the musician tell stories behind the songs and everything versus I mean not that musicians ever do that at a larger concert but I feel like the big plus to house concert is really like the intimacy factor where you have like, what other situation do you get to like, hang out with a musician to that extent where it's like, Oh, it's like 30 people and also the musician. And we're just at someone's house and then hanging out in the hot tub afterward.
1: (laughs) Yeah. But the people are actually in those intimate settings. They're actually part of the concert because the chemistry, you know, between the audience and that night's performance it may be totally different than the next night, so they're actually involved in it because, or at least with me because I, you know, tend to try to feel the energy or what right. what I think might work.
0: So has that been part of what has made you like want to keep doing this? Is just the variety of every night; it's kind of a different situation.
1: Yeah it it's not a it's not a grind, and I decided you know I definitely didn't want to do something to where it was just uh boring and I was tired of it because I after doing music for 20 some years not as a songwriter you know I was burned out on it I didn't I was tired of playing music and 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 then the little break got me into writing songs so when I went back into it I knew what I wanted to do and and but I wasn't sure if it would work and I gave it two years to go back into doing the songwriting thing and the house concerts and And selling the CDs, and I probably only had two CDs at the time, I think. And my first house concerts were probably, you know, nothing like what I actually do now. Right. But I didn't even have the material. I barely had an hour, hour and a half worth of material when I first started doing house concerts.
0: And do you think that, like, when you first, so you said, like, you took a break from music, and before that you hadn't really written songs before, what made you want to start writing your own songs versus just playing music
1: <clears throat> well i i don't i don't think it was a conscious decision it was just uh one day i got up and sat down on the piano actually and next thing you know i was writing a song I, it had probably been developing and gestating for a long <laughs> long time all the years i played music but and I guess I I did want to be a songwriter, but I really didn't know too much about it at the time. And I started writing these songs and got more involved in the songwriting and realized this is what I really enjoy doing. So I got back into music with the, the specific uh, promise to myself that I was not going to let it turn into a drudgery. So if I didn't enjoy it, I either wouldn't do it or I would quit doing it. So... So My, you must still
0: be enjoying it. <laughs> I do.
1: I'm so I'm so blessed because probably 98 percent of the venue shows I do I love. Every one of them's different, and you one night you think is the best show, and then the next night you do something else that's different, but you still think it's maybe the best show. And mm-hmm. so it's just the feeding off the audience is just priceless. Thinking that your music actually makes a difference in their lives.
0: Yeah. Well, I know. So I came to this because I'm a big Jimmy Buffett fan and I joined the Parrothead Club. And then through the Parrothead Club was sort of where this whole house concert scene became a thing for me. I had never been to a house concert before mm-hmm. that. And now I've been to some that were like outside of related to the Parrothead Club, but still mostly it's the mm-hmm. Parrothead Club is like what brings the house concerts in. Mm-hmm. Um, which sort of a lot of times then the musicians fall right into the category of category of trop rock, because that's kind of what fits in with the Parrot Head Club. Um, but I definitely have been exposed to this whole sort of new way to listen to music that I had never heard before. Um, and when you, so when you were starting out, like just starting to write songs and sort of get into this the the trop rock thing wasn't a thing as much yet right or was that kind of no
1: it wasn't at all and <clears throat> there was a, a there were a few people doing that type of music but it was mostly just called you know Buffett like or esque or gulf and right. western or or beach music something like that but uh, it, it had not been really starting to be referred to as trop rock at that point it
0: wasn't like the sort of movement kind of that it is no. now
1: no, when I've, in fact, when I started and released my first CD, I didn't know Parrothead Clubs existed. It it was shortly after that, that I discovered that whole
0: You are like, oh, I fit into this. Yeah, and, because and I like... was
1: obviously a, a Buffett fan from, you know, the seventies, but I didn't know about this other thing. And so I released this first CD and all of a sudden I start finding out that there's other guys out there writing music you know sort of as the legacy of Buffett type thing
0: so you but you were a Buffett fan sort of before you fell into oh, this yeah. situation because I feel like there's kind of two um sort of sides of people that are in the trop rock genre and one is like I'm a big Jimmy Buffett fan that has influenced me and sort of what I'm doing here and some people are like well I just sort of started doing a thing I was doing and then I discovered that it like fit in and maybe they'd like heard of Jimmy Buffett but I I think there's definitely a lot of people that you hear now at sort of you know trop rock events I guess you would call it that aren't necessarily like oh I got into this because of Jimmy Buffett or Jimmy Buffett was like a huge influence it's more like oh well I found a place where I sort of fit in because of what I was doing um but you definitely like Jimmy Buffett was a big influence from right away I
1: I remember his songs back in the 70s that were when I first started playing music professionally and, and number one, he was writing songs about sailing and islands (laughs) and oceans. And that's something that I just had loved since I was a child. So I was drawn to his music, but even the things that weren't ocean tropical type things. And then, uh, you know, years later, as I was living on a sailboat and in the yacht brokerage business and sailing, I, when I first, when I started writing, those were some of the things that came out were songs about sailing, boats, right. oceans. <laughs> I mean, yeah, actually, blame it on Buffett.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say. So that brings <laughs> us to blame it on Buffett, which is the name of this podcast, which you so uh, gallantly permitted me uh, to use as the name of this podcast you
1: batted your eyes really <laughs> sweetly I
0: was like oh please let it
1: uh-huh. uh,
0: um but also Bob Carwin told me that you can't sue me even if I use it so it's probably all right well
1: you know what kind of attorney is he <laughs> come on
0: don't listen to Bob Carwin it's a bad idea <laughs> well, wait
1: a minute I, I think I can hear him from here huh? what's that? hi Bob
0: what's my name
1: <laughs> I think I can hear him from here in yeah. Tucson Arizona yeah
0: that's right <laughs> um Yeah, so I just, like I said, like, not recently, but, like, since I have moved to Arizona, which was 10 years ago now, so that's not at all recent, but that's, like, when I got into this sort of, like, trap rock thing, moving from just being a Jimmy Buffett fan to being, oh, like, there's this whole bigger world of all these musicians, and, like, yeah, the Parahead Club is, like, a about Jimmy Buffett but also it's really about a lot more than that it's about you know giving back and doing charity work and also like listening to a lot of other musicians mm-hmm. that we get to hear live and in person at situations like this um, but also I have come to discover that Trap rock is a little bit of a like debated term right so uh, there have there's been I don't necessarily have strong opinions about this but I There's definitely been some debate about, like, what is Trap Rock? Who falls into the genre of Trap Rock? Like, should X person be calling themselves a Trap Rock musician? Do you have any... Like, do you just feel like, oh, I'm Trap Rock and... Or do you have ideas about, like, what you think should be Trap Rock? Or, like, what defines that for you, I guess? Well,
1: more or less for me, I I feel like I'm a songwriter. And not really pigeonholed into any you know compartment but I definitely write songs a lot of my songs fall into what you would consider the trop rock type of song which would be something about Jimmy Buffett or boats beats or beaches oceans all the escapism yeah all (laughs) the escapism music that that you know, Buffett was was only one of other. There's been a, some other entertainers that have also done something like that, escapism music. But he's like, you know, launched it to a new level,
0: right? He's sort of the main
1: and 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 still drawing such huge numbers at crowds. He's he's the guy that that is known for escapism music.
0: Yeah, I in, but in addition to escapism, escapism music, and I would say maybe almost more than that, you have a lot of ballads. Like I would say almost more than any of the other people that I that I frequently have seen like in the quote unquote trop rock genre at house concerts like you're the biggest crooner I would say like Uh, you just have a lot of ballads like romantic ballads is that something that you just like feel in your life a lot like what makes you want to write Mm. those more than necessarily like oh all my songs are about going to the beach or that kind of thing
1: I guess I don't I don't start out with the intention necessarily of say, okay, I'm going to write a song about a tiki bar, or I'm going to write a song about a beach, or I'm going to start a song. I pretty much have to be inspired and passionate about something that I write and finish. And so it doesn't matter what it is, whether it's love or breaking up or the ocean or islands. You know, if I'm passionate about it, I I finish it. But I don't really worry as to whether it's a, quote, Trap Rock song or not.
0: Right. Well, and I think that's, for me, uh, kind of the beauty of Trap Rock is, I know there's some debate about it, but I think it's more just, if you, you know, have kind of this general idea of, like, sort of escapism, but also like this house concert type of situation where you're like I'm the songwriter I just want to tell my stories let's get together like as long as you're not like hardcore metal or something I feel like most people can fit into what's called trap rock if you if you believe you're trap rock then you are trap rock in my would, opinion, you know what I, would I mean. Say like, probably so. if you think that you fit in that category, then like we should accept you well, into you that think, category. <laughs> if
1: you think you're in that category, you've probably written a song about a boat, exactly, or exactly, water, or yeah. a beach, or something but like. Honestly, that.
0: Honestly, if you have heard of trap rock, then you should probably be allowed to be a That's person true. who That's plays true. trap rock. That's a pretty broad
1: it's, genre. It's
0: definitely well, and also I when I tend to use that expression around people that are not in this part of my life at all they don't know what that means they're like trap rock what is that and i'm like well it's short for tropical rock like it's a thing you know jimmy buffett kind of started it's like a whole thing now
1: yeah i would think we would all pay homage to (laughs) jimmy buffett
0: (laughs) yes everybody we're all like paying homage to jimmy buffett especially when we write songs about him i actually have a playlist called uh, every trap rock artist has one and it's where i've compiled every song that's about jimmy buffett or references really? parrot heads or jimmy buffett or anything and there's a lot of them oh, and yeah. it's a great playlist i will tell you what it is <laughs> um but yeah i definitely think like we should be more sort of open-minded and inclusive when it comes to because especially now like at meeting the minds and that kind of thing, we get a lot of like, you know, more country leaning artists. We get a lot of younger artists that are, you know, kind of maybe not the main, what people think of as Trap Rock, but still kind of fit into like the feeling and the, you know, like kind of the, mm-hmm. the vibe that we have as a group. And I think that it would just be a shame to Good discourage speed. those or yeah, or exclude them based on the fact that, that we are just like gatekeeping what Trap Rock mm-hmm. is. So it's nice to hear that um you know as a musician you're not like oh well that person isn't trap rock or that person isn't trap rock or whatever
1: (laughs) i think i agree with you if if you think you are you probably are (laughs)
0: yeah um so uh, a little segment that i uh would like to do is called met the man and that is also something that i'm stealing from from bob carwin but he can't sue me because he already told me that you can't sue because of the. So Did you pay title, so. for
1: both legal advices or just the one?
0: <laughs> I didn't pay for anything. That was just free Facebook advice right there.
1: Well, now, hmm.
0: <laughs> um, so, and so it's just, have you ever met Jimmy Buffett or what was your closest, like kind of far away, but closest encounter to being near or meeting Jimmy Buffett or have you had any?
1: I don't think I've at, ever had any serious near misses.
0: So you would fall into the category of never having met the man.
1: I don't think I have.
0: <laughs> That's a shame. We should probably remedy that soon. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know how I we're going to do that.
1: I, I don't either.
0: Get Jimmy yeah. on the horn. Yeah. Call him up. Be like, you got to meet this Kelly guy. Yeah. Because <laughs> I have that kind of power, clearly. Well,
1: I think you should use it.
0: Yeah. yeah. Clearly. I'll definitely put that into effect soon.
1: <laughs> I mean, I, what I would have really like is when... when Warren Buffett introduced his show in Omaha, the concert in Omaha, I would have liked for him to play Who Wouldn't Want to Be Buffett.
0: Right. Either clearly, one or the other. Right. It's that perfect. would have been
1: perfect for that. You know? Also,
0: I'm really counting on the fact that if I call my podcast Twitter handle Blame It on Buffett, a lot of people will just stumble across me because they're mad at Warren Buffett and then maybe they'll listen to the podcast. Maybe. That's like basically what I'm banking That's on true. for listeners at this point. That's a point. good idea. So... Yeah, I'm. You know, I got the business mind up here. I'm thinking yeah, about. Yeah, that's,
1: that's a good point.
0: <laughs> um, so one of the things that one of, part of the reason I want to do this podcast is just, you know, coming from a younger perspective and a younger woman perspective, I'm just hoping to that maybe I can spread the word about um, the kinds of wonderful things that are happening in uh, the trap rock ish world, and what would you say? are like the things that you would most want to pass on from this sort of world or what you do to like the next generation? Like what are sort of the ideals that you think what you're doing, you would like that to continue on?
1: Well, I'd like to think that they still would appreciate and recognize poetry and lyrics uh, and stories don't know if they will. I don't know if that will be something that goes away. It's hard to imagine that it will, but
0: but maybe the more we can catch on this style of music and storytelling, maybe that will help it continue on. Like, I just feel like there's something really special about this kind of house concert that you really don't get from any other musical experience.
1: I really don't think that there is anything that's like it you know because it's such a close intimate connection with the audience and and like I say sometimes I feel like they're seeing behind the curtain you know they it gets feeling pretty bare that people can really see inside of you yeah and I can't think of any other concert that would be remotely like that even in a, an intimate small theater it wouldn't be quite like that Because I'm in almost reaching distance of people. And so I would also think that it would be as the kind of songs that at least I I like to write have some social significance in the, the humanity of being considerate and thinking about people's feelings. Other people have feelings. And... You know, writing songs that deal with emotions and feelings to perpetuate that and allow people to, you know, recognize it
0: and not be afraid of it. Yeah, and be able to say like, oh, this is okay to share right. this and express this and write about these kinds of mm-hmm. things and, and you know, care about other people and, yeah. you know, don't be a dick is yeah. the general Yeah. Sentiment that we want to pass on to the next generation. There you I you, feel you like. said it so succinctly. I mean, I didn't make that up. but I mean, it's so poetically, too. <laughs> yeah, I know. You know, maybe I should, you know, write a song called Don't Be a Dick and then or, nobody would want to listen to that.
1: Or Don't Be a Richard.
0: Right. That's the formal.
1: That's, yeah, that's the yeah, veiled, that's, thinly veiled.
0: <laughs> that's like when you're trying to seem polite, but really you're just passive aggressively yeah, insulting yeah, someone. Right. Yeah, that's great.
1: Bless your little heart. <laughs> okay,
0: well, <laughs> thank you so much for being willing to do this interview for me and, you know, taking your, like, crucial hot tub lounging time. I
1: know, I'm turning chat
0: about this. I know we should probably get out of the hot tub where we're going to just be yeah, sea creatures very soon. Um, is there anything, I know some people don't like to promote themselves, but is there anything in which
1: people don't like to promote i don't
0: i don't know some people wait a
1: minute so you really made that up didn't you
0: (laughs) i know there's probably some i just don't want to assume that you
1: you made that up. well some
0: people like to you know pretend to be modest and they're like oh well now we all i don't really like to yeah so i'm trying to i'm trying to give you the opportunity (laughs) it's
1: not that we don't want to promote ourselves i'm trying
0: to help you pretend to be modest to be modest not going with it i was trying to help you out there okay um, so in the new year,
1: oh since you ask about yeah uh,
0: <laughs> next year, is there anything that you would really like people to know about and where can they catch you? I know you do a big thing in Belize right every year I
1: do uh, kind of my big season will start off with my New Year's Eve bash in Houston in the NASA Houston area uh, at the Hilton there and then I'll go to uh, there, there's a few other jobs, but then at the end of January, I'll go to Belize, start my Annual birthday in Belize bash down there doing shows about every other day or so, a uh, couple of days down there. And I'll be down there through about February 12th. And then I think April, I'm back here in uh Arizona for oh, the Hope Fest, right? Oh, isn't that when it is? I think
0: you're asking me. April. Well, I don't I have know, my a calendar. Here, but, well,
1: then, first of May, we're at our uh, island fest with trace amigos that was uh, oh, my yep. songwriter friend Sonny jim and mark mulligan
0: who are both also lovely people yes
1: they are lovely people i can vouch for them both uh, just call me for references okay <laughs> and uh, and i'll tell you everything bad about them that i know <laughs>
0: well um you know uh, Mark is the bad boy of Trap Rock. I don't know if oh, you yeah, know he that. Is. So yeah, yeah. you gotta watch I don't out know for if him. he knows that. Well I've tried to talk him into it. He's slowly catching on. I told him I was gonna make buttons, but I haven't yet. So well, you'll we'll get have a to, kick
1: you'll get a kick out of this. <laughs> we'll have to this. make
0: that in for our podcast merch website we'll put you'll bad get a boy kick of trap out of this rock buttons. Of,
1: of the bad boy. In Philadelphia a few years ago, my good friends Joe and Connie up there we were doing it. Mark and I were doing a house concert. I was already there, and, we, and Mark was flying in. And we were doing a house concert there, so we went to pick up Mark at the airport. Well, Connie thought it'd be real funny. She had a little chauffeur's hat on, a little black suit, and you know, attractive woman. And the sign she held up when Mark came out said, "Welcome, Mark Mulligan, Latin adult film star." I'm not kidding you. So yeah, he's the yeah. bad boy. Yeah, that's
0: clearly. Yes, yeah, clearly the bad Mulligan. boy for sure. Yeah. It's like a whole other like how person we that we did not, that? not know. I don't know. That was you.
1: Don't... How did we not the bad boy? We...
0: Yeah. Okay. Because you're going to be playing a show with the Oh yes, the, the Trace Trace Migos. Amigos. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Now we're back full yeah. circle yeah, to the it. Trace Amigos it. in it's May funny. with our annual Island Fest. I I forgot how many years we've been doing it—six or seven years—in Isla Mujeres, Mexico, which is just off the coast of Cancun there, a ferry, short ferry ride over to the island. And it is one of our favorite trips of the year. It's a wonderful trip. If you haven't done it, uh, consider it. It sells out about every year. But the three of us do uh, two or three shows down there on the beach. And and then it's it's the rest of the trip is so fun because we, we get to talk to people and visit with them and spend some time with them.
0: Yeah, I would hopefully, we'll love to make it to that someday. I'm slowly trying to make it to all the different events. There are so many. There's like cruises and different events in True. all over the world kind of places. True. So I'm slowly branching out every year. I'm like going to Meeting the Minds and then maybe the next year I can go to somewhere else.
1: <laughs> I saw you at Meeting the Minds. Was it last year or the year before? Uh, yeah,
0: la- so not just this past fall. No, not
1: the past fall, the, But yes, your, the year before. And you had a little costume. What was that called?
0: I had a costume. You oh, was it did. on Halloween? It
1: was. Oh yeah,
0: I was Max from Where the Wild Things Are. That's
1: what it, Where the Wild Things yeah.
0: Are. Yeah. Yeah. So Grab I was it. like, should I do a Jimmy Buffett costume? But then we were just we weren't doing anything at that was a great costume. Meeting the Minds Related. So I was like, no, I'll just do whatever. I want. That
1: was a great one. Basically. It looks so good on you.
0: Oh, thanks. Yeah, it was a fun uh a fun one. Especially like everyone that either was a kid, at least since you know. I was a kid or had kids like know that book. So it's a pretty, even though it's like kind of an obscure character, it's like pretty recognizable. I feel like for a lot of people. So that's nice when people are like, Oh, I know what your costume is. And I like it instead of just being like, yeah, you look hairy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so do you have, if people want to book you, like, do you have any contact info you'd like to put well, out you, or social media accounts? People can you, follow you on.
1: You can find me at redfishisland.com. Um, or Kelly, email is kelly at com, And uh, what did you just ask me?
0: Uh, that's <laughs> it. Or social media.
1: Oh, social That's right. Uh, if you go to Facebook, is Kelly McGuire Band. Kelly Maguire Band. Um, my Instagram, well, I think my Instagram is Kelly Maguire Artist. But that's because I use it mostly for my painting.
0: Mm. Oh, yes. We didn't even talk about that. You... Uh, paint also and are really good. I have seen your work before. Well, thank you. I'm not just saying that because we're in a hot tub together. <laughs>
1: Under a full moon. <laughs>
0: right. I'm saying that because I, you know, not to brag, but I was an art major in college. So Ooh. I have made an art before. <laughs> made <laughs> not, an art. Not that great at it. You're honestly better than me. Well,
1: thank <laughs> but you. Yes, but yes,
0: you should definitely check out Kelly's work as well. His artwork in addition to his music. Because
1: kellymaguireart.com is my web, my art, website com. yeah
0: so go visit that go visit all his things you can listen to his music on spotify and probably itunes, iTunes all, all the usual places if you haven't heard him before i don't know why you're listening to this podcast but thank you um <laughs> and if you have you, hopefully you will see him and at if an you're really mad at
1: warren buffett you know thank
0: yeah thank you for listening to this yes, podcast thank you for tuning in if you hate warren buffett <laughs> like we don't we don't take any stand on Warren Buffett specifically on this podcast. But it's like, great to have you listening. Yeah, Yeah, it's great to have you here. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> okay, welcome back from that. I hope you really enjoyed that interview with Kelly McGuire. Um, thanks to him again for doing that. I really, really appreciate uh, the podcast name, but also just being my first interview on the podcast, which seems only fitting um, and, uh, you may have heard little splashy sounds there because we were in the hot tub. So, um, I didn't drop my phone in the water, so I think that's a pretty big plus considering I had been drinking. So really, I feel like it was a win all around. Um, so yeah, that's hopefully an example of the kind of content that you can expect in to come on this podcast in the future. I hope that you enjoy tuning in. Please, like I said, let me know your thoughts. I'd be happy to hear it. Um, the You can, let's see, I just said on my social media, so I'm trying to remember. Uh, it's Blame Buffett Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Um, you could find the Blame It On Buffet Podcast Facebook page. Uh, also, if you'd like to email me or the podcast about anything, feedback, ideas, requests for interviews, that kind of thing. um, It's podcast at gmail.com. So go ahead and hit me up. I'd be happy to hear from you. Please uh, go check out Kelly's music. Check out his artwork. Check out the different events that he's going to be doing. Um, You're not going to want to miss that. He is um, a super fun time to see and listen to, uh, in every situation. So I hope, I hope that you will go and check him out if you haven't. Maybe you're a big fan of him already, and that's why you listened, um, and that's great, and maybe you haven't heard as much of his stuff, um, before this, and in that case, I hope you will go and listen to more of his music, um, in the future, because, <clears throat> this is what it's all about you know sharing sharing music sharing stories um and uh yeah we will see you next time or you will hear us next time whichever the case may be uh and thanks for tuning in to the first episode of blame it on buffett
1: blame it on buffett he was my hero